Hello, and welcome to the Canine Conversations podcast, where we are positively obsessed with dog behavior. My name is Kayla Fratt, and I'm the owner of Journey Dog Training, where I offer remote behavioral support to owners around the world, as well as in Missoula, Montana. I am super excited today to be talking to Amber Kwan of Summit Dog Training, and that's because Amber is really making moves in online courses for a topic that I'm really passionate about, helping your dog be ready to go to place, go places with you, specifically breweries. So Amber has been training dogs for 17 years. She's a Karen Pryor Academy certified training partner and a certified professional dog trainer with both knowledge and skills assessed. She's passionate about getting people and their dogs out, having wonderful adventures together. And recently this turned into the Drink With Your Dog Project, which is all about education for dog owners, breweries, and dog trainers about creating more brewery-friendly dogs out there and dog-friendly breweries. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're super excited. We've been talking about doing this for quite a while, so I'm really glad we finally got it to work. (laughs) Yes. Um, So why don't we kind of start at the beginning? What inspired you to make this Drink With Your Dog course? Great. Yes. So uh, the Drink With Your Dog project originally was um, born out of a request that I got from a brewery, actually. Um, The brewery staff were seeing situations uh, with dogs that were coming into their brewery space that they weren't sure how to handle. And so they approached me and said, hey, can you come and teach us about dog behavior, about dog body language, uh, and also would you like to, you know, teach a a course for dog owners in our brewery about brewery manners. Um, And I had been teaching brewery manners previously as kind of a a, a small part of one of my advanced manners classes. But uh, at the request of this brewery, I kind of fleshed out the the brewery manners concept and started teaching uh, that for dog owners in their space, as well as doing a workshop for the brewery staff on better... Uh, dog practices and uh, safety uh, and things for them to consider as they wanted to continue welcoming dogs into their brewery. Uh, And they had uh, a lot of great things to say about how that helped them feel like they were safer welcoming dogs in and thus being able to welcome more dogs into their space um, and keep welcoming dogs into their space uh, and better understanding how to handle it. Yeah, that's uh, that's really cool. I didn't realize that the breweries were kind of the ones who asked you for it. Um, yeah, and it kind of uh, recent legislation in uh, Denver, which is just south of where I live in Fort Collins, uh, the city of Denver actually uh, in the last two years kind of changed their position on dogs and breweries and uh, started enforcing no dogs and breweries policy for the whole city of Denver. And so uh, breweries in Fort Collins, uh, especially this brewery that kind of catalyzed me creating this course, uh, saw that and recognized the value that having dogs in the breweries brought to their space and wanted um, wanted to do everything that they could in order to keep welcoming dogs and keep dogs welcome in their space and kind of be proactive about it, uh, especially seeing that that big switch in Denver's um, policies um, and how that had affected breweries in that area. Yeah, totally. I know that I, when I lived in Denver, I really valued being able to, being able to bring barley with me. And um, now that I live in Missoula, um, Missoula actually does not allow dogs on patios or in breweries at all. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, find that to be kind of a bummer. Oddly, the VFW, the Veterans of Foreign Wars, which is where I play bar trivia every week, does allow dogs. I don't understand how or why, because it's indoors and serves 
alcohol. Um, I don't understand how they're defined in a way that they allow dogs. Um, But um, maybe a nonprofit has different uh, yeah, or, yeah, and they don't, don't serve know. food, but a lot of breweries also don't. So I don't know. Right. Anyway, it's uh, I found yeah. Go ahead. That some I found that some cities and states, because of course the laws about dogs in breweries uh, changes based on where you are. It's not a, a national uh, regulation; it changes based on the location. But uh, a lot of it has to do with how the city or state defines beer. Um, a lot of the places where beer is uh, or where dogs are not allowed in a brewery, it's because beer is classified as food oh. and <laughs> under the same restrictions okay. um, as like a full service restaurant. Um, but, you know, in Colorado and um, in Fort Collins, it's not classified in the same way, according to the health department. And so there are more, there's more leniency there. So I think it, there's some, uh, you know, kind of getting in, in depth in the health department, uh, regulations, but there's some, a lot of it varies depending on how the city or the state, um, classifies beer. That's really interesting. I would not have uh, guessed that that was a factor. Yeah. Um, so what's kind of included in the course for owners and especially, uh, yeah, what's included in this course for owners? Sure. So the Drink With the Drug Project has uh, one element for dog owners is our brewery manners group training classes. So these are group classes uh, of people and their dogs typically held at a brewery that is dog friendly. And uh, this class, I teach it as a four-week class. Other people you know, have taught it as different lengths, but four weeks is really... Um, usually our uh, goal amount of time and we go into all different aspects of dogs in breweries. Um, a big emphasis that I put throughout the Drink With the Dog project is what we as humans can do to be proactive and help set up the situation so that dogs are more likely to be welcomed back to the brewery. So what, what can we as people do when we're bringing our dogs to the brewery to make sure that we're being respectful of the brewery space. We are providing a good experience for our dogs and for everyone who comes in contact with our dogs so that that brewery is able to continue being dog friendly um, in the future. And so education, um, on what it means to be a responsible dog owner in a brewery is a piece of it, um, for the brewery manners class. We also talk about, um, brewery skills. So one of the skills we break down in detail every week is, um, is, the polite ordering routine. So for example, you want to go up to the bar with your dog, grab a beer, get back to your table without spilling the beer everywhere. Um, but if your dog is all over the place, that's not going to be um, very easy to do. And so we break down uh, approaching the bar, what your dog should be doing while you are interacting with the bartender. So not jumping up on the bar, not visiting with everyone um, in line behind you, but sitting quietly by, by your side and waiting to be um, um, you know, kind of instructed on what to do next. Uh, and then leash walking, uh, with you nicely while you're 
hand is occupied with a glass of liquid um, and you're not able to use your, you know, physical management to keep your dog with you, uh, rather teaching the dog that, you know, you holding a beer in your hand is a cue to stay engaged and check in with you rather than take advantage of the opportunity to go and visit with everyone that you pass um, on your way back to the table. So we kind of break down a lot of different skills like that um, that are applicable outside of the brewery too, but um, that are really helpful to creating that kind of, wow, that dog is awesome um, experience in the brewery context. Yeah. Yeah. So what are, can you tell us a little bit about some of the things that you teach for kind of the human side of things, like some of the awareness pieces? I'm really interested in that bit. Yeah, so um, every week of class, we have uh, what we call a responsible owner challenge. Um, week one, it is dissecting your dog's body language and um, learning to identify pieces of your dog's behavior that are trying to communicate how they're feeling in the brewery setting so um, so that we can help our dogs communicate well when they're ready to go, when they need a break, when they're scared of something, when they're overexcited. And so I have um, my dog owner students evaluate what their dog's behavior is saying, like what are their ears saying? What are, or what are their tail doing? What is their body stiffness saying? Where are their eyes? Um, and look for those tangible pieces of behavior and then kind of draw conclusions on what that means for the brewery visit. Um, week two, we talk about um, what gear to bring to the brewery to help um, their dogs be successful. So, uh, and the answer for that is different, uh, depending on the dog, but throwing out ideas and discussing how we as humans can modify our behavior slightly by taking the extra five minutes to pack a backpack full of stuff that our dogs might need, um, in order to help set our dogs up for success. So bringing like a Kong and a squeeze tube of peanut butter or bringing a, um, a bully stick or a mat or a towel, um, something that tells the dog where to be rather than focusing on where the dog shouldn't be, like shouldn't be out in the aisle, shouldn't be um, jumping up on other people, but rather like giving the dog a specific target yeah. be on the mat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't even think about, you know, packing extra gear for their dogs. Um, but changing that kind of perspective of my dog should just, you know, handle it to recognizing that we're going into an environment that was not created for dogs. It was created for people. And, um, they're, you know, the brewery is going to have water for you. It's going to have, um, you know, a snack for you. It's going to have entertainment for you in the form of televisions and people to talk to. It's not going to have any of that for your dog. And so, uh, recognizing the little subtle things that we can do to change our behavior to help our dogs have a better time and also know what to expect. Um, one of the other responsible owner challenges we do is um, evaluating when it's time for your dog to leave or how your dog might be trying to communicate that it's time to leave. So, um, you know, different dogs have different ways of communicating, hey, I need a break from this. And so getting people to recognize when their dog is on the verge of indicating that they need a break so that the dog doesn't have to do more dramatic, I need a break communication like barking or snapping at the dog that 
just walked by for the fifth time or, um, you know, dumping on someone and spilling the beer. So the people are starting to recognize their dogs are, are trying to communicate in subtle ways um, and rewarding and uh, acknowledging those subtle ways before our dogs have to communicate more dramatically. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a huge part that I'm really excited to hear you talking about because um, I, I go a lot of places with Barley and I bring him kind of all over. Um, you know, when I was in Latin America, he was uh, a lot of Latin American countries. You're just allowed to go into like full on restaurants with your dog. Um and, uh, you know, I get asked a lot about it. And um, I think one of the things that I always kind of recommend to people is when you first start out and you're really practicing with your dog, you need to be doing training sessions where you know that if your dog can only handle five minutes, you're going to be OK going home. I think it's a really easy mistake to make of, oh, I want to teach my dog to be OK uh, on patios or you know, uh, coffee shops or breweries or whatever it is. So I'm going to take them when I go meet up with my friend that I haven't seen for three years. And, you know... I don't know about you, but like when I see someone that I'm really excited about seeing, I want to be able to be there for three hours and maybe go grab a bite to eat afterwards and, you know, all of these things. Yeah. And um, if your dog it's is still in training, training, that's not right. they're not ready for that. Um, right. I usually tell my brewery manor students to start their training visits at 11 a.m. on a Wednesday mm -hmm. when the brewery first opens rather than at the popular brewery in town um, at 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon, the first 70 degree day in um, April because it's a zoo at that point. And, um, you know, if I walk by those places, I usually see, you know, 20 dogs that are completely stressed out and completely overwhelmed because they haven't been anywhere all winter. And now they're thrown in the middle of, uh, of this chaos, but the dogs that can go and work up to that are able to take that in stride a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also a skill of, you know, even as someone who really likes bringing my dog everywhere, that doesn't mean that I bring him everywhere. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, again, especially in Missoula, I don't bring him nearly as many places as I'd like now just because of the local laws. Um, but, you know, when I lived in Denver, I brought him to breweries when I went out with other dog trainers. I didn't necessarily bring him to breweries when I was meeting with college friends. Um who were going to be less understanding. I definitely didn't bring him to like Oktoberfest. Um, I always see dogs at like Oktoberfest or farmer's markets or whatever. And, you know, uh, there are some events that are going to be easier for your dog. And I think, um, you know, really thinking through whether or not your dog is going to want to be there. is a big thing. And then also thinking about whether or not your dog can handle it. Cause I think there are some dogs who genuinely probably enjoy being there, but still probably shouldn't. Right, um, right exactly. Uh, well, and you have uh, the whole spectrum of dogs from the, you know, dogs that are cool just chilling um, to dogs who walk in and assume that everyone else in the environment is there to interact with them. Um, because that's what they've you know been taught um, from a very young age. And that's something we talk about a lot throughout our dog owner's course, brewing manners course, is teaching the dog that other things pay off in the brewery environment rather than greeting. Because um, not everyone is there to greet your dog and not everyone else's dog is there to say hi to your dog. And so if your dog is assuming that everybody is going to be there to say hello, you're both going to have a more frustrating time. Um, but if your dog is assuming that, oh, 
paying um, or laying on my mat gets paid really well and uh, more than going and visiting with every other person I see, then you're both going to have a lot more relaxed, um, enjoyable time together. Yeah. Yeah. What do you... um what do you recommend for owners who have a dog who can be a really excited greeter who really wants to go say hi to everyone? Um, and particularly kind of dealing with people that are um, <laughs> supremely unhelpful in that context of, sure, you know, because there are some people who on the other end of the spectrum, I think there are people who kind of go to breweries who assume of that course. every dog who's there is meant to be their personal teddy bear for the night. Absolutely. Um, so actually week one of our brewery mayor's course, we practice a little game, um, where the dog owners have to tell me that I can't pet their dog. And uh, they have to tell me while they're rewarding their dog for staying put on their mat. Um, and so it's a little exercise and it's um, really uh, kind of crazy how difficult it is often to get those words out. No, you can't pet my dog or no, we're training right now or no, it's not a good time um, because we as humans are so well practiced and of course you can pet my dog. That's you know, I, I want them to socialize or I want them to love people or, um, you know, I have this adorable puppy and I want him to, you know, be able to interact with other people. Um, and so from, you know, we as humans don't have a lot of practice telling people no. And, uh, so we actually rehearse that behavior in class where I'll go around the room several times. And if I have an assistant or another trainer with me, we'll, we'll all go around the room and then the dog owner, has to practice like five or six times telling someone no, they can't pet their dog. Um, at the same time as we're rewarding the dog for that's choosing really a better important. behavior. That's a huge uh, extra piece that I have not thought of doing in the past. Yes, because it, it, those those words don't roll off our tongue very very well, um, and and I tell people that their responsibility is to their dog, and their not responsibility is not to not offend other people. And if other people get their feelings hurt because they can't, uh, pet your dog, like that's, it is what it is. And we have to, you know, just roll with it. Um, but that kind of empowering people to think about their answer, yes or no, before, um, before just blurting out, yes, of course. Um, we also play a game of, person comes up and says, may I pet your dog? And the dog owner responds by calling their dog away and moving away from the person. Um, and this is more for the dog's benefit of it, the dog often hears those words, may I pet your dog? And immediately the party happens towards the person who just asked. Um, and so kind of switching it up to where, hey, may I pet your dog? Sometimes means party happens at the uh, the person uh, at their do- at their owner uh, with their the person on the other end of their leash rather than the person who's coming up and asking, um, kind of getting the dog thinking about other behaviors besides may I pet your dog being a cue for jumping up all over yeah. the person mm-hmm. who just came over. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, I know that's. Um, I I feel um, even you know as someone who does this a lot, I feel pretty comfortable saying no to people if they ask. 
Um, I know what I really struggle with are the people who like from across the brewery are like making goo goo eyes at your dog (laughs) and like blowing kisses and like, (laughs) I don't know. I'm not a parent. So I, I, but I see like people doing this with babies as well. And I don't know if it's as problematic with babies, but it drives me crazy with my dog. Um, (laughs) and I actually, I struggle with that situation a lot more personally because I feel like so much more of a jerk interrupting someone who's already interacting with my dog versus, you know, if they've asked permission that in theory should give me permission to say no. Um, right. And doesn't mean people I don't get upset often, about it. But Right. I often teach, um, you know, with my own dog, I taught him that people doing weird stuff towards him was a cue to look at me. Um, so we played a lot of like, look at that or engage, disengage where like someone coming and doing something weird, like a kid, like reaching towards him, um, was immediately rewarded from me. Um, and over time with this pattern that really turned into, uh, um, where I didn't, I usually didn't have to say anything. He, he would see someone, you know, making that like, oh my gosh, your dog's so cute. Um, kind of body language, um, out of control and in his vicinity. And he would immediately turn back and say, yeah, mom, um, they just looked at me weird or they just did this and you're going to pay me for that. Right. Um, and so it created this kind of beautiful conversation about, other weird things happening near him or about him, um, not being a cue for him to freak out or me to freak out, but more like a, yeah, good job. Thanks for letting me know about that weirdness going on. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, what about, um, the trainers course? Can you tell me a little bit about, um, this course for professional trainers who'd like to teach this curriculum? Yeah, absolutely. So the, uh, we're calling it, it's the certified, um, a drink your dog certified class instructor course, and it is basically dissecting our four week brewery manners course uh, and explaining like how and why I teach what I teach, um, taking the experience that I have teaching a lot of these brewery manners classes and kind of distilling it into practical um, suggestions for implementing this in your own town. We also discuss a lot of, um, you know, how I built my relationships with the breweries that I teach in. Um, I've taught brewery manners classes in um, multiple different breweries in town um, in Fort Collins now, um, not just one. And like how how I reached out to them mm-hmm. or how I set up um, an initial class with them, like what's my space requirements look like, um, how to market the class to dog owners to get people signed up um, and basically kind of just, you know, gives my curriculum and framework for teaching this class um, successfully. Uh, And it's, we've had um, like 30 trainers go through this course already and um, have had great feedback for how it's helped them implement this type of class in, um, in their area around the country. Yeah, that's super exciting. Um, I know it's been on kind of my to-do list to do a little bit more poking into some of Missoula's laws and see whether or not um, I can figure out if there's a way that teaching this class would be a thing that I could do because I, you know, I'm really, I really love being able to teach dogs how to be outside and go more places with their owners and open up their worlds. And um, it seems like a thing that Missoula would enjoy as a community. We're a very dog friendly community, sometimes too much in some ways, but um, 
which I imagine is, uh, from what I've heard, the brewery law is relatively recent and I think followed a specific incident. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but... um, Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, There's a lot of, you know, individual breweries that have had to change their policies. You know, I have several that I've spoken with as part of this project um, here in Fort Collins who used to be dog friendly and now are not. And it's either usually due to one incident um, that kind of like flip the switch or, you know, in another case, um, with an owner I was talking with a couple weeks ago, she listed off 10 incidences, um, of dogs. And actually it was mostly dog owners not being respectful of their space. And, uh, she said, you know, she's, we're just done with this. Um, and so they're making the decision to, um, change their rules to only allow dogs on the patio instead of indoors as well. Um, and that's, something that's entirely avoidable um, if we if we have education all around on how we can how we can be better stewards of that uh, that resource of place to visit with our dogs. Yeah. Have you had any breweries um, decide to only allow dogs who have passed your class into the brewery? Not yet. It's not uh, something that's uh, any brewery has implemented as a requirement. Um, it's something that we've discussed as part of my brewery staff course about like offering perks and incentives to people who have taken a course. Um, I think that it's, it's one of those things that if we, I, I don't know if it would be beneficial to say like, oh, only dogs who have taken this course can come to the brewery. Like that may not, um, may not benefit the brewery as a whole in, um, at this point, you know, if, um, if we get, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dogs who have taken and dog owners who have take the effort to put it this in, then yeah, I think, um, creating some sort of standard of what dogs are welcomed in will be helpful. What breweries have done is taken um, information that I've given them on like what a, a well-behaved like brewery dog looks like and then use that to inform their dog policy um, as far as like their written policy on their website or how they relate and discuss um, dog's behavior with the dogs in their brewery. So like, if and it helps them knowing what a good brewery dog does or looks like has um, helped breweries be able to discuss situations with dog owners where the dog may not be actually like living up to those standards. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the course for brewery staff in a moment, but first we're going to yeah. um, take a second to hear from our sponsors. So here we go. Hey guys, I wanted to pop into this episode to tell you a little bit about one of my courses. Earlier this year, I helped Kate out of mine put together a comprehensive video course on what 30 skills I think are most important to start teaching your dog right away. This course covers everything from nail trims to settling on a mat, and it's all in digestible short videos with quizzes to help you track your learning. You can find it under the courses tab on journeydogtraining.com, and if you use the code journeydog, all one word, you'll get 50% off the course. And we're back. Um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about the course for brewery staff and what that actually um, entails. Sure. So the brewery staff um, education course is actually kind of what started it all. Um, and it's a uh, education on 
dog body language, interacting with dogs in a safe way, um, understanding a little bit about uh, how to set up a polite greeting with a dog, a human to dog greeting, how to talk with dog owners about their dog's behavior and um, setting good expectations. Um, Really, it's all about empowering brewery staff members to stand up for themselves and their facilities and uh in a kind way direct dog owners to um the best behavior uh that helps keep the space nice for everyone who's going to be enjoying it um so i've uh created this workshop that is now uh available as an online course so brewery staff members around the country or world could take this uh education um online um and it's also something i've done as an in-person workshop um, as well going and talking with whole uh brewery staff teams Mm -hmm. about um this concept yeah that's really cool and i think maybe in one of your promotional videos or something i've seen you talking a lot about again I'm, i'm really interested in a lot of like the logistics of this course and kind of how Um, You did such a great job, as far as I can tell, of thinking through kind of everything as far as like where owners should sit and how they should hold the leash. Um, Can you talk a little bit about um, some of those tips that you've dropped into? I I would assume that's in the owner course and as well in the the curriculum course, but maybe the breweries also know about that. It's actually it's. But it's in all courses. There's a lot of like kind of themes that weave through the owner education, the staff education and the dog trainer education. Um, so, yeah, we offer uh, suggestions for uh, for brewery staff on when they see someone maybe who has their dog on a leash technically, but it's attached to the chair and or the table instead of in the owner's hands. Like how talking about how that could negatively impact other people and dogs and brewery staff members in the brewery. And so uh, we provide that education for dog owners. Like, hey, the the leash really needs to be attached to your person, either on your waist um, or in your hands so that you know right where your dog is. Right. Um, If I feel so if many they're, times I, they're pulling right. or jumping or whatever. Right. I've gone into breweries before and run into a person right with a table right by the entrance of the brewery, like big brewery, lots of people and dogs coming in. Dog is attached by a leash, eight foot, six to eight foot leash that's on the base of the chair and it's a high top table owner is faced away from the entrance, can't see who is coming in and out the door. I go, I walk in, there's the dog pretty much like clotheslines um, in front of um, everybody who's walking in at that moment and is obviously super friendly and outgoing. And I watch this dog jump up on three people that are just innocently walking by trying to get to the bar. And that's the kind of thing that disrupts everybody's experience at the brewery. And so um, going as part of the, you know, empowering brewery staff members, we talk a lot about like, okay, if you see that happening, something really specific that you can ask the owner to do to fix this is say like, okay, your dog's leash needs to be in your hand. Like that would fix probably 90% of that scenario. Um, And so little tweaks like that really help brewery staff have some quick, easy things to do and talk to people about. And then dog owners to know like, oh yeah, that, that does make sense. I guess I should do that. Yeah. I'm at the brewery. 
Yeah. And I love that you included that because it's not something I think sometimes when people think about dogs that need brewery matters classes or why they should be in a brewery matters class, they're thinking about a dog who is potentially leash reactive, who lunges and barks at the other dog or a dog who's scared of the brewery. But this is something that, I mean, just kind of illustrates that this course is really excellent for anyone who wants to bring their dog to breweries because it's one of those things that, you know, this dog overall, from what we're hearing, wasn't necessarily a dog who shouldn't be at a brewery or wasn't ready to be at a brewery. It's just that the way that they were handling the situation was causing problems for other people. And again, it wasn't like anyone was getting bitten, um, but it still wasn't great. (laughs) Right. Just a friendly golden love all over you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, when you're trying to carry um, two stouts (laughs) is not what anyone really needs. Or if I'm walking to the brewery with my senior dog who doesn't he's great he loves being in the brewery he loves people he loves other dogs but doesn't want he doesn't need to be a dog jumping on his head (laughs) yeah yeah i mean that's how that's how my dog barley is he um he usually just goes to sleep when we're at breweries um he just curls Mm -hmm. up under the table and (laughs) and falls asleep um that's wonderful but uh yeah it's lovely um and uh yeah he's great with people and great with dogs but um yeah, he does not necessarily want to be tackled in any way, shape, or form. No. <laughs> Most of us don't. So. so what are some of the other kind of pet peeves that you hear from brewery staff members about dogs and breweries? And um, I think that'll help us illustrate some of the common pitfalls people tend to um, fall into. Sure. Um, so brewery staff members uh, that I talk to, um, people not having their dog on a leash or dropping the leash and letting the dog run behind the bar is a big issue. Um, I've talked to several brewery staff members who, who say like, yeah, that's like, if we could just fix that. <laughs> um, and that, you know, causes, uh, you know, uh, tripping hazards, there's glass, there's liquids, there's all sorts of things. Um, barking, I think is a big, um, pet peeve that I hear a lot. So even, even excited barking, like, um, just the dogs being loud. Um, a lot of tap rooms are kind of concrete metal buildings. And so sound echoes really, um, profusely, which, uh, a dog barking at one end causes disruption for the whole, um, the whole thing. Um, I, I can't believe that this is one that people, um, have to, we have to address, but dogs being on tables and chairs, um, is something I hear a lot from, um, brewery staff that they are constantly, trying to police. Um, I don't know why that's an issue. That seems like that would be, um, one of the most common sense ones is like, yeah, your dog should not be on the table, but yeah, I would say on a busy Saturday when I go to a brewery, usually, um, I see one or two examples of that where, um, the dog just, you know, is up, jumps up, sitting on the chair or standing on the table. Um, one that, um, another one that I've heard, kind of connected to that is people le- tying their dog to a table and leaving them unsupervised, like tying them to the, the chair or the table and then going up to get a beer or going inside to get a beer and leaving the dogs to do whatever um, during that time. Really, the dog should be with you and, and under um, dog owner supervision. And if you're going to a brewery that doesn't allow dogs into the tap room to order, then you need to take a buddy or you need to you know, talk to the brewery and say, Hey, can you bring my bar, my beer out here? Cause I have my dog and I, I can't bring it inside. Um, so all of those things are, 
um, issues that, um, that brewery staff members have mentioned to me, also people not cleaning up after their dog, really, um, the brewery staff have better things to do than going outside and taking a pooper scooper around to the grass. Um, and that is, you know, something that, uh, especially in areas that are kid and family friendly too, like really impact people beyond brewery staff because there's kids running around and, um, and it really sh- it needs to be cleaned up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It seems like there are some pretty big basic things in there that, um, yeah, s- should be pretty low hanging mm-hmm. fruit. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, don't you drop know. the leash. Don't let the dog right. up on, <laughs> on the table and pick up <laughs> right. your dog's poop. Like those are all pretty, I feel like, you know, if you, if you wouldn't allow this behavior inside of your own house, Right. Um, hopefully that's where people are starting, but it doesn't sound like they are, um, without your help. <laughs> that's what, that's what it's all about. It's creating a little bit more public awareness on like the things that are rubbing, uh, are causing friction between like breweries wanting to welcome dogs, but also it's a lot of work and it's a lot of hassle and it's a lot of liability, um, in a lot of cases. Um, so that's a, that's a big thing. Another, um, thing that is all wrapped up into this is identifying whether the dog that's visiting or whether your dog is a good candidate to come to the brewery at all. Because I think one of the things that is most detrimental to the future of dogs in breweries is people not being willing to say like, I'm going to leave my dog at home because he doesn't like people or he really doesn't like kids or he really doesn't like other dogs. Um, and not that those dogs can't be wonderful adventure buddies and do other things, um, with their people, but going to a crowded place where it's all about people, um, bringing their families and being in close proximity with each other and taking a dog that is likely to, either react or have a a bite incident with another visitor to that brewery is probably one of the most detrimental things that a person can do uh, for the future of dogs and breweries because no brewery wants that publicity, no brewery wants that incident report, um, and no other brewery visitor wants that experience for their for themselves, for their child, for their dog. Um, and so part of this education program is kind of allowing or helping people identify like, yes, there are some things we can train our dogs to be better about in the brewery context, but then there's also some dogs that just, this isn't the best environment for them to come and practice and do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of dogs are not necessarily destined to be brewery dogs. Um, and, um, you know, and, and especially kind of at the level of work that most people are kind of willing to put into it, um, you know, that's okay. Um, cool. So how can people get involved as trainers, owners, brewery staff? Where can they find this course and where can they get involved? Sure. So we have a website, um, drinkwithyourdog.com. Very easy to remember. Um, that has uh, information on uh training group training classes for uh, dog owners. So we have a list on there of instructors who have finished our um, 
certification course and are offering uh, brewery manners classes around the country. So we have a, and that list is growing as more and more people are graduating from our course. Uh, And then we have information on there on taking that course. If you're a dog trainer and you think you want to get involved, we, uh, we love bringing new people on board of this project. I can't do it alone. Um, And uh, so there's information on there for um, dog trainers. And then for brewery staff, if um, this is something that uh, sees like it would resonate with what your brewery needs, uh, we have information on both our online course and our in-person workshop um, at drinkwithyourdog.com as well. We also have a Facebook page that, um, you know, is just Facebook at drink with your dog or Facebook slash drink with your dog. And we post a lot of free info on there. Um, brewery pro tips, uh, that are shareable graphics that your brewery or your training business can share, um, with kind of just blurbs to help get the word out to, uh, dog owners about things they can do to make their brewery experience with their dog a little bit more smooth or, um, to respect the brewery space and, uh, all of this. So Facebook, um, we love connecting with people on there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then, um, we have set up a discount code as well for Canine Conversations yes. listeners. Can you remind us what that code is? Yes. So this will be for the um, Dog Trainer Certification course. If you want to jump in on our next round of that, um, is available on our website. But the code is conversation two five. So this will be for a $25 discount on the uh, Dog Trainer Certification course, um, C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N number two, number five. Um, and that is, uh, something that you would apply on our website when you go to purchase your enrollment in the course. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if all goes well, maybe I'll be in that course too. So yeah, um, <laughs> love to have you. <laughs> all right. Anything else you want to add or throw in before we start wrapping up? No, I think, um, I think that is, uh, that is it. Um, I just, I love, getting the word out on for people and how they can how they can help make more great places for dogs to visit with their people yeah absolutely no you're doing awesome stuff and uh it's uh yeah it's really fun to watch and uh hopefully something that uh missoula will get on board with eventually <laughs> yes we'll uh, uh, we'll start a petition yeah yeah seriously i've got a couple things uh, yeah. uh our breweries um close here at 8 p.m and i have been really meaning to talk to someone about that yeah. it's a local law and um yep it sounds somewhat reasonable until like I don't know, I get home at 5.30 and then I go for a run and then I feed barley and then I shower and then all of a sudden it's like 7.30 and I have not yet been to a brewery and I've been living in Missoula for six months. Wow. Um, That's, yeah, not okay. It's not okay. It's unacceptable. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta fix that. (laughs) Yeah, we're working on it. Um, Okay, so before we go, you guys make sure that you subscribe to Canine Conversations wherever you find your podcasts. We have a Facebook page as well. um, So just search for Canine Conversations podcast um, on Facebook and you can find episode show notes at canineconvos.com where we'll have, you know, links to Amber's course, um, the Drink With Your Dog course, and anything else that's helpful in here. Um, And I'm Kayla Fratt. I am the owner of Journey Dog Training. You can find my blog and hire me for remote behavior help at journeydogtraining.com. I've also got a whole bunch of courses and eBooks up there. Um, I've got a YouTube channel and a Facebook. Again, just Journey Dog Training. Um, 
And uh, yeah, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Our theme music is called Funny Song. It's provided royalty-free from bensound.com. Our audio is mixed and edited by James Eady at beheard.org.uk. And our logo is from Walker Hooper. You can find his work on Instagram at walkers underscore username. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. 